You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. This is the Starting Up podcast on the Agenda with Tom Urquhart and, of course, along with VirtuZone's Paul Bryson. Today on the show, the focus was on Fahad Kalim, who has created a short-form video business, along with Dr. Sarah Rasmi, who left her job to start up Thrive Wellbeing Center. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Yes, this is starting up with Virtue Zone. Good to be back uh, with the v- VZ team uh, and great to have Paul Bryson, the group commercial director, with us this morning. Paul, as always, good to see you. Uh, good to be back. I've missed you this season. Oh, haven't seen you for a while. It's nice to be here, my friend, and nice to uh, have you uh, with us today. Things all good at uh, Virtue Zone? Everything's brilliant. Everything's good. Uh, Really good finish to last year. Uh, We've seen more new businesses come into the market than ever before in the last 10 years. Um, And then for us, we're going down a couple of different directions as well. So we've we've launched VirtuZone Tax and Accounting, which is our uh, tax and accounting division. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it says on the team, right? our, our marketing <laughs> team, right? Um, and then, as you know, we're doing it. We're helping a few free zones uh, operationally. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're certainly growing, uh, moving in the right direction. But yeah, missed missed you for the last last few months. No, missed nice our football chats. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get yeah. back to that. Don't you worry about that. Um, and in terms of that one, just you make make a, a very valid point. A lot of people going. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two was brilliant. Record numbers, absolutely smashed it. Um, it's not going to fall off a cliff on twenty three. How's the beginning of the year been? Actually, been really good. A lot, a lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> it's been garbage. It's nice though to see <laughs> no, hear that because a lot of people were sort of it, it was <clears throat> impending doom and gloom, and that we were going to fall foul of the the global headwinds, and it was going to catch up with us. But things yeah. seem to continue. The momentum continues. I think, uh, yeah. Dubai is Dubai, right? We, we do we do very well. This uh, We've heard from world leaders that a global recession is coming. It's, it's going to hit us, but no signs of that yet mm. in Dubai. Property prices still going up. Uh, new businesses entering the market. We are seeing loads of transactions uh, across various sectors. So certainly no sign of that here for us. Who's got a question for the team at Virtue Zone? Come on, get them in to us now. You can text me on 4001. You can also WhatsApp me on 04871 Basically, uh, have you started up? Are you thinking of starting up? Uh, are you thinking of shutting down? Whatever it might be, we want your questions, please, because we've got the team here uh, to keep you uh, up to date with all the latest. Now, we're not alone, uh, PB and myself, here in studio. Paul, would you consider yourself a natural salesman? Have you got the gift of the gab? I would say so, yeah. Good luck. What do you think? I th- I th- I, I'm not going to deny it. Are you buying sure. what I'm selling you? I, I, yeah, I, I you bet you things. can sell uh, ice to the Eskimos, you mm-hmm. over there. Uh, now, one of the greatest skills an entrepreneur can have is how to sell. Sell an idea, a product, a concept, or a vision. In fact, technology may evolve and different industries may crop <coughs> up. But sales skills will always be in demand. It's the reason that businesses thrive. You've got a business? You have to ensure you have a strong sales team. One man that is familiar with that uh, is Peter Heredia. He's the managing director for Max Sale Solution. He develops training programs to improve companies' selling performance. Peter, thanks so much indeed for taking time to uh, drop in to the studio. Thanks for being with us here in studio. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me here. Um, uh, Right to reply for you, Pete. Is he a natural salesman, that one over there, or not? 
Oh, oh sorry. I, yeah, I think the gift of the gab, I think the days of the gift of the gab has gone a little bit. I think the uh, uh, one thing I wasn't doing just then, but the understanding and listening, I think, is uh, more important than um, being able to uh, talk underwater or sell ice to Eskimos. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. And that, I think that's point, something we need to sort of address at the moment is, is, is the evolution of sales in many ways, because a lot of people will think it is gift of the gab they'll think it's being a, a, a people's person etc mm-hmm. but there's so much science and data that goes into it now surely yeah absolutely yeah um it's i mean it's very logical if you don't understand what somebody actually is looking for and um you know who the right person to talk to is and who the right company to sell to is if you don't do all of that type of understanding uh you otherwise you're pushed more into a marketing communication role rather than a, a sales are you born with it uh not at all no i i think um I think that uh, a lot of people can, um, you know, if they can develop the patience and certain attributes that maybe uh, people are instilled with, um, then, yes, anybody can become a salesperson. And, and if you're not born with it, are there kind of prerequisites that you look for in someone and think, OK, with that guy's natural ability, perhaps I could teach him a few things and make him a little bit better? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I posted a question once, does a salesperson need to be an extrovert or an introvert? And it was really, really interesting, the responses. And uh, I, th- I think both definitely can be. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, it, the, the, the times have changed. Mm. Those people that can, um, you know, maybe uh, used car salesman type, are they the best salespeople? Uh, you know, no offense to any used car salesman out there. But, um, no, you know, it's definitely the people that... Uh, listen the majority of the time and ask the right questions and yeah yeah i i, I was going to say that I, I find that now and um i know peter and I've, I've been in a couple of his workshops before um and i think that when when i find people selling to me now mm-hmm. i notice 99 percent of them never understand what i actually want they you know they'll you walk into one of the large let's say electrical stores here and the guy tries to sell you a tv he doesn't know if you're looking for a tv or not yeah he doesn't know what you want from that TV just wants to tell you this is the best and this yeah. is the best price. And what you realise, and, and I see in the office, is people don't buy on price. That's a misconception and a myth. And perhaps a small percentage of people will buy on price, but the majority of people have much different reasons for buying. And I guess a good salesperson has to understand what those reasons are, Peter, and then yeah, absolutely. sell accordingly. A- absolutely. I mean, everybody, put, um, everybody determines their uh, decision on value um, because – no matter what the price is, what are they going to get in return? Mm. So it's never just the price. Uh, Are there shared qualities for a good salesman? Absolutely. Uh, Being in front of a client is very, very important. Being good when you're in front of a client is very important. But um, there's so many uh, strengths that a salesperson needs when they're not in front of a client. You know, what they do day to day, um, how they plan themselves, how they... Uh, find the right customers, how they proactively manage their existing clients. I could go on and on and on. Um, It's not just that one person that can um, convince people nowadays, which is obviously extremely important. But um, I'll give you an example. The the biggest impact on the closing ratio is nothing to do with when you're in front of a client. It's who you choose to work on. Mm. Some people choose to work on deals. The best salesperson in the world couldn't close because they're just not aligned. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the overall salesperson needs to be good in many different areas. But, uh, and to that, Ying, is there a yang in the sense that there are certain qualities that are just complete no-nos to be a good salesman? That's an excellent question. Um, I feel that um, a lot of what Paul was explaining there, that somebody just comes in and just talks to you and 
don't doesn't want to listen to you at all. I, I think that is a huge no no. Really, they will still get some deals. Uh, the struggle a lot of salespeople have is when they make mistakes, they don't get the feedback. If they're late for a meeting, the client <coughs> says, "Oh, that's fine. Come in." They they say that they're not thinking that mm. if if we don't understand the client, a client never sits you down at the end of the meeting and says, "I just don't feel you really understood what I was looking for." So salespeople tend to go off and think they're doing the right thing, um, and because they're not getting that feedback. Whereas if we work in an office and we make a mistake, we we get we, we, it's exposed yeah. and we get coached. Um, yeah, I guess your your superior will see it in an office and say that's yeah. wrong. Do this, whereas the client is not going to say to you. That's wrong. You know, I wasn't happy that you, you, yeah. you were late. Um, but <clears throat> let's try and offer some value to the listeners. Somebody that's listening to this, probably this show, has a business, will be hiring a salesperson at some point. What should they look for? What should they not look for when hiring someone? Because often they still think that, you know, it's, it's the bygone days and we're looking for people with the gift of the gap. What should they look for? Yeah. <laughs> I... I um I'm going to move away from my sales hat a little bit here and put on the HR hat. Um, and that is that, you know, if you've written your job description and you're very, very clear on what you're looking for, and if that is somebody that's very good at listening or if that is somebody that's um, very good at closing, you've got to make sure that the, that the interview is set up to uh, identify those qualities. So, you know, um, I, I would ask somebody a double bar- – if I was looking for a listener, I'd ask somebody a do- double-barreled question – very few people come back and answer both of the questions. Some people just answer the first part and then they've, they haven't listened to the second part or they've forgotten the first part and just answer the second part. A, a closer is, uh, you know, you leave the interview open. Do they want, do they push you to come? What are the next steps? So you, you've got to make sure that you've, you're very, very clear on what you're looking for and then create the interview to mm. ensure that you're identifying those traits. I think there must be more than one type of salesperson, right? If there's, there must be products, there are products that, any salesperson can be trained to sell in a day, but then there are products that are very, very technical. So I've got friends that work in IT as salespeople, and they are not what you'd look at as a traditional salesperson, but they have so much knowledge. And when they go to a client and impart that knowledge, the client just doesn't understand what they're saying. Yeah. But when they when they translate that to the client and they get it, the client buys on, okay, this guy has knowledge as opposed to he's trying to sell me something. I guess there are different types of Absolutely. salespeople. I mean, box moving business uh, activity is critical mm. but then when you come to a solution side of things it's very much in, in regard to that listener and somebody understanding the business peter you've put a lot of your findings into a book and you've brilliantly called it the straw that fixed the camel's back tell me more about it sure uh myself and david wilde we put the book together after we realized and i'm extremely extremely proud of this that the book does not contain any kind of rocket science any established salesperson will read the book and they will just um, and, and i'm getting great feedback at the moment um the comments are i should be doing that more often i should be doing that better um it's 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 a book about sales tips that just remind people or prompt people um, in key areas that are extremely logical. Where is it available? Where, where can people get their hand on it? At, at the moment, um, we've published it, but it's not on sale. It will be on sale in the next, uh, within the next two to, to four weeks. We're getting people to read it. We're getting probably some forewords and things like that. Um, you know, some people's comments, and then we'll start, uh, and, and then we'll, and then we'll basically put it out on Amazon and a local publisher here in the UAE. Absolutely love it. No, you know, Tom, it doesn't look like one of these boring books that's quite hard to read with a thousand pages it's just under 200 and 
It looks kind of plain English, simple and easy to comprehend. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we should be all right then, yeah? Yeah, I think I'll manage it. <laughs> Peter, we're out of time on this occasion. Uh, listen, uh, book will be on a shelf near you soon. It will be available online very soon. But if people want to get in touch with you yes. to find out more about this, how do they do that? Um, through, uh, they can contact me on my uh, my mobile phone number. Social media? Uh, uh, yeah, Peter Heredio on LinkedIn. Done. Yep. Look at that. Uh, get in touch with Peter uh, on LinkedIn and to find out more about the straw that fixed the camel's back. Peter, thank you very much indeed thank for you your very time. Much, thank you. Big thanks to Peter for joining us. Uh, Paul sticking around as well. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. Okay, this is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. My name's Tom Merkett, uh, and we are live here on Dubai 103.8. Uh, Paul Bryson of Virtue Zone is alongside me. We've got loads of questions coming through for PB, which is good news. We'll address those very shortly. Text them to us now, 4001, WhatsApp 04871 Want some uh, advice? For free from the team from Virtue Zone, then get them into us now. We'll try and get as many of those done at the end of the show as possible. Now, every week on Starting Up here on the agenda, we feature a mentor, a mentor who can give us a few tips on how to grow our business or your business for this matter. This week, we're focusing on building brand awareness and marketing your business through the power of short form videos. Think TikTok. Think YouTube, think other social media platforms. Normally, we have a guest who's been in the business for years, even decades, but these platforms are quite new. Um, and those who really have cracked the code are, dare we say it, the Gen Zers out there as well. So today's mentor is only 25 years old. He's made a name for himself already in the world of content creation, both here in the region and further afield. He's got almost a million TikTok followers himself. He's created numerous viral content for clients, resulting in over a billion views. Uh, a big welcome to the co-founder of K9 Unit, Fahad Kalim. Fahad, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's an honor. This is um, great to have you here in what is something that is increasingly becoming more and more important for businesses, not just setups and startups. I know that's in the name here, but even established businesses are dropping, dropping uh, the, 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 the ball a bit when it comes to remaining relevant on yeah. social media. But look, it's not something you go to university and learn. So how do you learn the skills? Look, when Facebook came out, there wasn't an instruction manual on how to add friends or how to network with people. And I think it's pretty similar now with TikTok, with Instagram, and with all the other platforms. You see, you, you, brands tend to forget that you're connecting with people when you're creating content. So this gap is which results in you getting lower engagement and lower followers when you try to put out advertisements. I dropped out of college twice. And nothing in college taught me about what I'm doing today, hmm. except for the people's communication part, you know. And I think it was just my passion for making videos, which got me where I am today. Mm. And How I'm, did you get started, though, as a business? So uh, long story short, I had a client while I was working in another media firm that reached out to me. And they're like, hey, we see you doing TikToks for yourself. Why don't you come do this for us? Hmm. And I have absolutely no idea what this guy wants, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Let's try it. You know, I've never said no to a part-time job, especially in Dubai as you grow up. You get a yeah. lot of these. And the more you try, the more you learn, and the more you work. So this one part-time job clicked. Mm. 
one of the videos that I made for them hit a 7 million views Whoa. over 24 hours. And if I show you the video, you'll be like, what is this? Mm. It's just a video of a jacuzzi for like seven seconds with the right sound. Mm. That, that, that opened doors for me and my partner, who later joined me the next month. We got several people calling us up. How did you do that? Mm. How did you take a video from zero to seven billion views without spending a single dirham on advertisements? Mm. And it's the beauty is in the algorithm. The beauty is in the TikTok algorithm. And today, Reels has copied that and so on and so forth. How important, how important is TikTok for businesses? Because I know businesses now, I find that they're often a bit slow yeah. to adapt. And now people are just starting to advertise on YouTube, right? The second largest sex range in the world. So Huge. How important is TikTok? I'd like to say it's not TikTok that's important. It's content. Mm. You know, um, both TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram everywhere, these are, at the end of the day, advertising companies and a lot of businesses pay a lot of money to get themselves out there tiktok came in and created a system where you could continue doing that without actually advertising so you could be a janitor working in a firm and if your content works that place gets marketed if i work in a company and i start creating content about myself and i'm representing the company with me Mm. people are going to be like oh We've seen that with big brands, right? Yes. We've seen that. I don't, I don't have. Do you have TikTok, Tom? I don't have it. No, but I've got three kids that do. Yeah, so, so I normally wait a week and see the TikTok stuff on Instagram a week later, but I don't see it as it happens. But in the UK, there's, there's two guys that have become quite famous. They work for McDonald's, and they show TikTok videos of how to make a Big Mac, how mm. to clean the grills and everything that they're doing. And the views they get is unreal. Right. Right, and it's only positive for McDonald's because it's not. There's no negative exactly. to it. They're not talking about we don't like our employer. These mm. are the conditions. It's all positives, and mm. it's just going through the roof. This culture is really strong in the West, but uh, with my experience over the last two years, I've seen a lot of brands in the UAE and the MENA region start adapting this, and it is becoming increasingly important for brands to not just be on TikTok, but to have good content. So, to that end, how important is it for an established? brand a big business you know okay we focus on startups and small businesses etc but for those that have been around for a while um in order to fully understand that different thinking when it comes to branding when it comes to content creation should they be looking to a younger generation for influence so there's two things that i want to address over there when roads were constructed and the roads became a thing billboards were your mean of advertising Mm. you should look at anything in social media as another road. Mm. And TikTok is just another billboard. Mm. The bigger you are on TikTok, the more visibility you have in that region or in that area of internet. Uh, The second question that you asked is looking towards Gen Z or youngsters for Mark. Well, it's as simple as if I want to go buy a car, I'm going to go speak to an expert in the cars market, right? Gen Zs are the ones who are consuming this the most. Mm -hmm. So they seem to know more about this platform naturally. And that is why these days you'll see a lot of brands taking up Gen Zs. My own company does not have anyone above the age of 22. So I was going to ask you for a job, (laughs) mate, and then you know, yeah. Because Uh, even I'm jealous being in here because I'm usually young. I'm usually the young one in the studio, right? And then you're here. I guess uh, it's all about timing. So, uh, okay, question on that one as well, because and you're quite right, because they have a better understanding of it. And that's because as digital natives, they have a better understanding yeah. of, as you mentioned, the algorithm yeah. of, the, of, of the platform, etc. rather than years gone by where it used to be years and years and years of experience that you brought to the table. Um, 
given the technology, is that evolving all the time as well? And is, 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 is therefore the algorithm to viral success changing all the time? Two years ago, I could just take any video from my gallery, post it on TikTok and get 35,000 views. Mm. Today, I really need to put in the work, do my research, get the words right in the first two seconds to make sure I get a 10,000 views. At do, do you need to create something then that people want to click on and want so to watch? The way I see it is because I've had so much experience, you need to create content that the region that you're posting content in enjoys or consumes. Every region mm-hmm. has a psychology. Every region has a taste. We've almost understood because we work with over 100 brands and individuals that there's a certain pattern and structure that if you do it in that way, yeah. they're going to watch. What, yeah. what, what tip would you give to listeners now, right? People that are listening who own businesses who don't have or do anything for their business on TikTok in terms of promotion. What would be that one or two tips that you would give them to get started? Stop trying to sell your brand or business or product or service, whatever it is, on anywhere in social media. Start trying to educate people about what you're doing because when you start educating them, you build trust. Once you've built trust, the selling part is as easy as clicking on a link. Mm. You know, it's almost exactly what Peter just said, our, mm. la- our last guest, who's a sales coach, and it was about understand yeah. people, educate them on the product. Yeah. Don't just go and try and sell, pe- promote, promote, promote. The second I go like, buy this now yeah. for 35 therms, it's a red flag in the brain. Mm. But if I go like, guys, did you know about this microphone? It's got these specifications, and I love it because, yes, yeah. I'm more interested in this thing. Mm. Just finally, listen, we're out of time on this occasion, so we could talk about this for a lot longer. A couple of things. First and foremost, if anyone's under 22 and they want to get into content marketing, (laughs) how do they get in touch with you and your team? You can reach out to me on my Instagram at k9.unit or fahad, which is F-A-H-A-A-D-K underscore. Just send me a DM. Tell me you heard me on the show today. I'll be more than happy to get back to you. And the last one is, um, can every business benefit from... Uh, content marketing at the moment on uh, on likes of TikTok and, and, and other platforms. I've worked with pharmacies all the way to real estate companies to lawyers to people who are talking about the most boring stuff in furniture. Everyone has gone viral. Everyone I'm glad you didn't viral. say people that talk about business sell. <laughs> <laughs> this one's the easiest, guys. <laughs> uh, listen, can't thank you enough. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, great to meet you. Great to have you in studio as well. Uh, and all the best with uh, all the team down at K9 Unit. Where's the name come from? So <sighs> I we, didn't to wanna, at the start. We, we never wanted to be mainstream in media. Our mums always called us dogs growing up. This is a tradition in Pakistani culture. So we're like, what's the most elite form of dogs? Oh, canines. They're the most professional trained dogs on the planet. Let's name our company Canine <laughs> Unit. Let's go. Fahad, you're a good man. Bless you. Thanks Thank so, much, you so much. All the best with Canine Unit. Uh, Fahad Kaleem is the co-founder of Canine Unit. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Zone, Business set up with no regrets. Yeah, I got Paul here from Zone alongside me, Tom Ecker, in for George, Georgia Tolly this uh, week. And uh, we, today we are addressing a number of success stories. Well, today, today's success story features a figure in one of the most in-demand industries at the moment. Uh, it is, of course, the world of wellness. Uh, Dr. Sarah Rasmi is a licensed psychologist 
the managing director of Thrive Wellbeing Centre. She's a former professor of psychology at the American University of Sharjah, United Arab Emirates University and the American University in Dubai. She has literally helped thousands of people address their mental health issues and has now built a team of psychologists and therapists at the aforementioned centre. She joins us now live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams. Sarah, as always, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't want to get too philosophical with my first question, Sarah, but I'm going to anyway. Did did you choose psychology or did psychology choose you? I think it might be a combination of the two. I definitely have always been interested in other people, which probably makes me sound a little nosy. Um, And when I ended up in university, I didn't have a major in mind. But as soon as I set foot into my social psychology class and realized that a lot of the things that I was intrigued about other people were being answered in a scientific way, it got me. And I've been in psychology ever since. Yeah, and much to the benefit of thousands around the world, no more so than here in the UAE. I mean, I mentioned there your postings at at leading uh, education establishments. You've worked with uh, a number of uh, organizations during your career. So why... Why set up Thrive Wellbeing? So when I finished my PhD, I was working in academia at the universities that were mentioned. And then over time, I had an opportunity to do additional training. And I had opportunities to disseminate information and raise awareness about mental health, which I think is super important to destigmatize it in this region as well as abroad. I also had a chance to participate in some consultancies with some organizations. And then one day I just thought to myself, you know, I think it would be interesting and a nice next kind of chapter for me to branch out and do my own thing. And I set Thrive Up five years ago. It was just me uh, in an office all by myself focusing on consultancy and it's evolved and changed quite a lot over this period of time. And I think your, your timing is absolutely spot on now within the last five years because you, you mentioned there that you're trying to destigmatize it uh, here in the region. And that was going to be one of my questions is how, how do you find that? I mean, compared to, let me look at the UK, it's such a hot topic. Wellness and mental health is such a hot topic, particularly in men, right? It's such a hot topic. I would have thought that that would have been a very taboo thing uh, in the Middle East 10, 15, 20 years ago, more than more than that. Absolutely. It definitely has been a taboo thing. There is definitely still stigma here as well as all over the world, but there has been a huge decrease in that stigma over time. And I credit a lot of things. Number one, at the universities that I mentioned, many of them over the last few years have ruled out programs in psychology, which shows that parents and students are interested in recognizing the validity of that as a career path. The second thing is the government here, of course, has been very much invested and pioneers in trying to increase well-being initiatives and to tackle mental health challenges, both before COVID and then also, of course, things really ramped up over the course of the pandemic. And the pandemic You know, one of the things that came out of it as a silver lining, if you will, is that people were talking much more openly about their struggles because all of us were affected. It was normalized and it uh, became easier for people to reach out for support when they realized that they weren't alone and there are things that you can do 
to feel better and to get better and to move towards your goals. And uh, I think that's, that's very clear that the government here have made a huge effort and made a huge step towards um, make, make, making it available, right? Making it available for people to get help. I mean, show me another country with a minister of happiness, mm. right? Show me another country with that. Um, how, how hard did you find it to start a business? Well, I think I kind of knew what to expect to an extent. Uh, and I say that because my father owns a business and he's been running it for the last several decades. And so I was very much used to hearing around the dinner table some of the trials and tribulations and kind of seeing some of the personality traits that he really needed to tap into in order to make things work and, and make things grow and run. So I think my expectations were relatively okay and that prepared me for some of the difficulties that I faced and continue to face. Um, but of course, with any business, whether the industry is in demand or not in demand, whatever the size of the business, there are always going to be challenges and I've definitely faced those. I just think it's very much highlighted now, isn't it? Uh, that mental illness, mental wellness is, uh, is such a hot topic. Uh, do you find that, Tom, as well? Like, yeah, I mean, men? the one thing that I wanted to ask Sarah about um, is, of course, access to help. Um, obviously, a McKinsey report out at the end of the last year uh, talking about burnout being a major issue here in the GCC. Also, the uh, creation of mental health as a result of toxic workplaces, etc. were only high numbers being reported in that certain report. But that also begs the question about how people get help. A lot of people know that the insurance companies reluctant to help out with payment of and there are entire swathes of communities here who just don't have or are concerned about the cost that might go alongside it is that something sarah you think that needs to be addressed to open it up to more people absolutely and it's something that we have been trying very proactively to address at thrive and i think one of the things that has happened over the course of the last few years is we need to be flexible and, and agile and so uh, organizations have been reaching out to us and I'm sure other places as well, looking to incorporate some well-being initiatives to help take care of their staff, to take care of their staff, but also knowing that it's good for the organization. For us at Thrive, when everything went digital and uh, we were noticing that some organizations, people were not wanting to necessarily participate in the initiatives being offered because of confidentiality, especially if they were feeling a little insecure with their, their job safety and things like that, we rolled out something called Thrive in Five, which is a self-paced uh, program that you can do at home confidentially that incorporates the best practice that we utilize in our therapy sessions. And then uh, more recently, of course, we wanted to kind of address two things at once. We have in the UAE a number of newly licensed, fresh graduated clinicians who don't necessarily have the same opportunities for internships and placements that they might overseas. And so we wanted to create a program to help them really develop and hone their skills under close supervision while also being able to provide the therapy at a more accessible rate to and the public. Sarah, so, can, can people uh, come and see you for one session or, or do they need to, you know, that, I think that's what puts people off, the fact that they have to do 20 sessions and go every week. And can they get something out of just coming to see you one time? It really depends. If somebody has just a question that they want to talk through or a decision that they need to make and they want some input on or to explore, 
Absolutely. Often what we find, though, is even those people who do think that they're coming in for one session will discover that there probably is a utility to understanding how they got to that place, uh, working their way through it and uh, figuring out the plan moving forward. So it's possible, but it doesn't happen too often. Sarah, we're going to leave it there on this occasion. Always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much indeed for your time. Sarah, if uh, anyone listening uh, has thought, you know what? Yes, that is the route I would like to take. How do they get in touch with your team? They can find us at thrive.ae. All of our contact information is there. Dr. Sarah Rasmi, thank you so much indeed. Lovely to see you as always. Our thanks to Dr. Sarah Rasmi uh, from Thrive Wellness Wellbeing Centre for joining us live here on the show. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Virtue Zone, business set up with no regrets. Yeah, big thanks to all the team at uh, VZ Virtue Zone and a big thanks to uh, our resident uh, agony uncle this week, Paul Bryson, who has taken on that mantle and as is befitting of that. Got any questions? Get them in through to us now as we'll fire through your questions this morning. So uh, this one coming through from Jahan this morning saying, Hi guys, got a question for Paul and the Virtue Zone team. Is it possible to move a company which is set up in one licensing authority to another? As an example, move a license from an Abu Dhabi Media Zone authority like 2454 to a license in Dubai, say DMCC or other, what would the implications be in respect to bank accounts? Well, it's a big, long, double-barreled question. Uh, the, the long and short of it, as you mentioned, DMCC, DMCC do understand, it's called corporate migration, that would be moving your company from one jurisdiction to another. Uh, DMCC understand it, and they will bring you in, uh, so they know how to do it, or how to onboard you. Other jurisdictions don't do it, so it's not common to move jurisdiction here. Normally, people will close down companies and set up companies again. Um, but DMCC, you can do it. It's easier to transfer out of the UE uh, and then back in for, from a foreign country than it is to transfer internally. So that's probably something that we could work on. Uh, bank accounts, depends on the relationship with your bank. You must just give them the heads up that you're moving from one to the other um, and everything should be fine. You can generally keep your money in there and um, if you do it wrongly then you'll probably need to take all your cash out and set up a new bank account and move it back in again and that would be a disaster so it's all about the relationship you've got with your bank um here's another one that's come through for you uh, pb this one saying how easy it to get a business center license in dubai and what are the key considerations yeah so you mean like to, to operate as an office space i guess mm. um it's easier than it used to be um you'll need to have a center that's approved by, by the DED and by approved by the Biden Municipality. Um, get, get your license for that. You have to kind of show that you are uh, credible. They'll come and inspect you. You can own the business 100% now. Um, quite easy and straightforward. Something that we can, you know, we can talk to you about. It's not a problem, but it's not, it's not that difficult. It used to be harder. It's not that difficult. Things are becoming easier here across the board. Mm. Russia asks, I want to be a real estate agent. Don't we all, Russia, at the moment? I tell you. Uh, I want to start it as a side hustle, though. What license should I get? Not really something you can do as a side hustle, I would say. It's pretty full on. But uh, you, you need to get a mainland license in Dubai, licensed by the DED. Uh, you'll need to have approval from uh, RERA, so you'll have to be qualified as a broker. Um, so there's a bit of cost involved in that. But then if you've got one or two transactions a year that are big, then it makes sense. But uh, to do it cheaply, maybe just try and see if you can get yourself, use someone else's brokerage license for mm. one or two transactions. See that it works, make a bit of money, and then set up on your own. I wouldn't spend the cash straight away would be my advice 
Boy, you're a good man. As always, good to catch up with you. Big thanks to you and all the team at Virtues. And I hope that's prompted a lot of people's interest. If people want to find out more, Paul, what do they do? Uh, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook, or visit us at vz.e. Uh, the website's manned 24-7 by our in-house live chat agents. There's no chatbots on there, so get us on vz.e. That's probably the quickest way to get a hold of us. Uh, go and say hi as well. They don't bite, and they do a very good coffee. We do. We're very renowned for this coffee. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that to come up, yeah. Uh, Paul Bryson, always good to catch up with you, my friend. Thanks so much, need. All the best to the Virtue Zone team, and we'll get Paul back on very soon to uh, answer your questions on starting up with Virtue Zone.